Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Photo Finale, Advertech Inc., Got Photo, Printbox, Photobook.ai, and the IPI Member Network. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by John Kelly, the CEO of ZenReach, a walkthrough marketing company. And John's going to be sharing with us three things brick-and-mortar companies shouldn't stop doing in the wake of COVID-19. So, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Gary. It's a pleasure. (laughs) So, John, tell me a little bit about ZenReach and what a walkthrough marketing company is. Yeah, a walkthrough marketing company is essentially a company that delivers in-store traffic to our merchant base. Uh, And so we specialize in uh, putting online messages in front of consumers and uh, ensuring that we can track and deliver the in-store walkthrough. Okay, so it's basically building traffic for retailers, right? Yep, foot traffic for retailers. Very good. Thank you. So would that be through social channels, text, or what's some of the sort of the magical things you you do? Yeah, so maybe I could explain how the technology works. That might be better. Uh, So we have a software layer that sits on top of the local Wi-Fi. So this is the Wi-Fi that's in your store or restaurant or event space. And it transforms that Wi-Fi into a sensor. And so uh, your cell phone is automatically set to ping for a Wi-Fi signal every 30 seconds. And we read that, that ping as a proxy for foot traffic. And so if you've never logged into ZenReach, you don't know who we are as a consumer, uh, all we know is that device 123 came in at 8 o'clock and left at 820 or something like that. Right. Uh, but we also then offer to the consumer what's called a guest Wi-Fi experience. And this is where... Uh, you know, you look on the Wi-Fi signal says that uh, Joe's Photoshop Wi-Fi, you click on it and then up pops a, a, what we call a portal page that says, welcome to Joe's, put your email address in here for unlimited Wi-Fi. So there's no tracking down the manager for the password, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the back end, we do a couple things to tie that device to the email address so we know who you are. And therefore, anytime we send you an, uh, an online message, whether it's via advertising or email, uh, we know that you've seen it and then we know when that device walks back in and we know it's you. Okay. So this is, is this sort of an opt-in sort of environment? 100% and, uh, opt-in, correct. And, and most people probably, even if they don't opt-in, you're getting some pretty interesting metrics from traffic. Even if people choose to opt-in, you still know their device is there. You don't know who they are or you can't tie them correct. specifically, but you know, hey, you know, this, you're getting repeat traffic, for example, or things like that. That's pretty interesting. Correct, correct. Yeah, there's overall traffic patterns data that we can collect in the aggregate. And then mm-hmm. obviously, if a consumer has allowed us uh, to market to them, then we can get really granular with the uh, information we can provide the merchants. So as we're entering into the fourth quarter, which is the key quarter for the photo industry and almost every you know retailer these days, you know we're hearing a lot of the changes that are coming into play with yeah fourth quarter retail in the age of COVID, including, for example, an extended shopping period, you know, Black Friday starting earlier and earlier, uh, right. and also 
in um, with the online space, you know, delayed shipping for online orders. So I think there's going to be a lot of last minute retail when people realize, oh my gosh, the, the, the widget I ordered isn't going to make it in time. So I better go run over to Best Buy and buy a replacement widget and send the other one back when it finally arrives. So there's going to be a lot of craziness. I That's think right. in the uh, in this retail season. So, but you've come up with some things that retailers should not do the, in, yeah. the, in the wake of COVID. Can you kind of share, maybe in in uh, bullet point form, those uh, three items? Yeah, if I get like really really briefly, especially in today's environment with uh, COVID nineteen, uh, the first thing you want to make sure not to do is ignore the safety concerns of your consumers or let your guard down, right? It's really important that you maintain the safety of the environment. This might be frequent cleanings, uh, di uh, social distancing for consumers as they walk in, mm -hmm. uh, protections for your employees. Mm -hmm. uh, consumers, it's very clear from the data we have that consumers are concerned for their safety. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one example I'll give you is um, when we looked at overall traffic patterns, we as a country are down about 50% uh, year over year in terms of in-store traffic. And that's wow. a pretty, pretty big delta, right? Uh, even if you look at states that have been open, that have no restrictions whatsoever, like uh, Georgia, for example, uh, they basically went back to fully open in, I think, May 1st. And their in-store traffic is still down uh, anywhere between 30 and 40%. So what does that indicate to me? That indicates that the consumer is actually concerned. They're not just coming back as quickly as sure. they were before. Right? Sure, because I mean, you know, whether or not, you know, depending on how you feel about COVID, most people are going to try and take care of themselves, right? And it's really up to a, a retailer to provide a safe environment. So Correct. what are some of the ways retailers are communicating that they have a safe environment? I'm, I mean, I'm seeing things like, um, you know, signs in, in uh in, in, in doors and on windows. Uh, there's been the advancement of, you know, some contactless delivery in a, in a, yep. a retail store, for example, um, there's often photo kiosks, which yep. people are touching. So, so how could a retailer communicate some of the uh, ways that they're keeping their, both of their employees and their customers safe? Yeah, it's a great, I mean, assuming you're taking these really strong precautions to protect your employees and your, uh, and your consumers, the next step is just what you described and getting the word out to your customers. And uh, I will tell you in the environment that we have today where people are driving less, many of us are working from home, spending more time online. Uh, when you might've relied on that store sign out front or the sandwich board mm -hmm, like, to communicate right. your message beforehand, it's not gonna be nearly as effective in this environment. Um, and if you look at what's happened most of us are spending more and more time online. Um, mm -hmm. Online usage is at uh, record uh, highs, right? So uh, mm -hmm. it's really important that if you're going to communicate with your consumers, you invest in that online communication, right? Mm -hmm. And this can be through a lot of different means. Email mm -hmm. and advertising are the two uh, that have the widest uh, breadth possible. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you mentioned email because that's always one of the things, you know, in the age of social and TikTok and you know, 20 second videos and, you know, things like that, that really kind of the, the tried and true email has kind of been overlooked for, for a lot of people. But I think that's actually one of the more effective methods that a retailer can have if they, if they do it right. 
Yeah, if they're doing it right, that's correct. Um, email one is uh, really cheap in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. The acquisition of an email address might be a little bit harder, but once you have it, like sending out emails to consumers uh, doesn't cost that much. And that's why it's still very attractive. And you could do this with a fairly high degree of frequency. Now, I would counsel against doing it too much because that becomes yeah. starts to look like spam, but uh, can be really effective. And then there's the added benefit, which most uh, retailers don't think about, is that your email address is in many ways your identity, your online identity. Mm -hmm. And that unlocks a lot of different features. So you, you can send the emails, but also you can match that email to a Facebook profile or an Instagram profile. Mm -hmm. And you can uh, match that to um, the Google network. And that enables you to have really good targeted advertising in that mm -hmm. circumstance. So it is kind of what used to be called the killer app online for marketing. And it still is a very strong signal uh, and one that you want to make sure to leverage. Yeah, there's probably two key identifiers that people have as a consumer. Um, I think probably their actual biological name is probably secondary to their email address and then their phone number, right? I mean, those are probably the two things. If, if you've got those, you can pretty much reach uh, most anyone. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, I would actually make an argument that email is actually still a little bit more important than phone number. Okay. Uh, now with phone number, you can text somebody and that puts you straight in front of their uh, mm -hmm. attention immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that can also be viewed as a, a spam if you're like, yeah, a, little intrusive, a retailer, right. a little intrusive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emails a lot less intrusive. People pull that up uh, mm -hmm. when they're you know look, ready to look for it but it also can be the anchor for uh, the advertising that I just mentioned. Phone it's number, also, you can do that as well, but it's not necessarily as prevalent across all platforms. And also the other thing text is really good for, at least in the, in the photo digital space is the customer service side, right? Your, your order yeah. is ready. Here's where we can pick it up safely, right? We'll, no, sure. Let us know and we'll come out and bring it to you so you don't have to leave your car. Yep, 100%. All of that's available. Yeah, absolutely. So you also advise people not to cut their marketing budget. So what's, yeah. what, what's the, the thought behind that process? Yeah, so there, there's actually quite a bit of research um, and Harvard Business School produced a, a study a number of years ago that during uh, economically challenged times, uh, those companies that continue to market are the ones that not only succeed through the period, but actually take significant market share as they come out of the, uh, sure. the, the, the um, uh, recession. And so there is kind of a general belief and a general principle that like that is actually one of the times when you can be super effective because whereas you might be competing aggressively with your competitors in a normal market, in a depressed market, uh, uh, you're not, you don't have that same level of competition for the mm -hmm. attention of the consumer. Oh, by the way, the consumer doesn't go away during right. the uh, depressed market. They're still there and they still mm -hmm. want to know that you're there and they want to know what you can offer right. them and they want to know about your, your increased offerings. Mm -hmm. the, the second point I will add to that is, uh, believe it or not, now is one of the best times to advertise online. We already talked about how online engagement is through the roof. Mm -hmm. The second thing is because a lot of businesses are, you know, they're hurting during this time frame. Mm -hmm. They're not spending as much on marketing. The cost of advertising online has actually decreased um, during this period. And so you've got this perfect storm of uh, the highest level of consumer engagement, lower cost of inventory, 
And we've seen this uh, mm. through some of our merchants that they've had click-through rates and response rates that are uh, unheard of, like some of the highest I've seen in my 20-year career in this industry. So would this be a time, now you say cutting the marketing budget, um, would this be the time to maybe experiment also with some, so with some different tactics? Uh, let's say, for example, you're a uh, one-hour uh, photo store, right? Where you, you can pick right. up prints and I shouldn't say one hour because that's sort of an archaic term. That's how old I am. But you know, you, you know <laughs> you're, 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 you're a photo store, you do retail printing, you have some cameras and things like that. Yep. And this might be the time to, you know, perhaps start doing some short videos, start doing some, some different sort of engagement, you know, you know, buff off that Pinterest page that you may have started and never actually put anything on. So you, so I, I guess what I'm saying is that maybe it's not just spending money on marketing, but actually reinvigorating your marketing efforts. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Photo retailers, energize your sales with Share Me Chat, the proven texting platform. Using chat to text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying. See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMe Chat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at ShareMe.chat. I would agree. I would agree completely. The the as we talked about before, the engagement rates, the time online, the time, uh, the engagement with content—they're all at all-time highs right now across the board. So this is the great time. This is the the time when you want to invest in that area. Mm-hmm. The the other thing I would add is, um, as you look at kind of how you develop your marketing plan, especially if you're an offline business, mm-hmm. it's really important that you you identify who your offline customers are, right? Mm-hmm. And how you do that, uh, there's a lot of different ways, but you know, the one of the ways that we have is by enabling you to have this guest Wi-Fi experience that enables you to sure. identify who your consumer is. Mm-hmm. When you have that offline experience, uh, there's two things that we've noticed through kind of the data that we see. One is uh, your online engagement. So whether people are clicking on your ads right. or uh, liking your Facebook posts or whatever, is not necessarily a one-to-one predictor of your offline results. So it's not necessarily a predictor of whether that foot traffic is coming in. And a lot of people who, you know, uh, have uh, invested in the online space believe that, hey, as long as I get my likes, I'm eventually going to get the walkthrough traffic. That's not necessarily the case, right? So it's really important that you you know that distinction there. Well, you got to measure the right thing, right? That's one of the things that I think, like you said, you know, likes don't pay the bills. Right. If, right. If, if you're not right. coming, if you're not, and, and that's, you know, if you see that a lot with influencer dialogue that happens around, you know, so-and-so photographer has, you know, and he's, and he's an ambassador of this camera brand. He's got a million followers, but, you know, is he really delivering an audience that's going to buy that camera? Right. 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 So, so what right. are some of the, I'm just curious. So, so what are some of the metrics that a retailer can use because I've always been a big believer that the metrics that are important are the ones actually tied to actual consumer transactions and behavior, right? As opposed sure. to, you know, conducting a survey saying, you know, would you buy a photo print if I printed it as a five by seven instead of a four by six? And you know, the consumers, yeah. gonna, you know, they, they may or may not actually be truthful. Yeah. Well, it it's. Uh... Uh, I, I started off my 
uh, early part of my career, I worked at Yahoo, and one of the uh, uh, one of the talks that the head of the data science team there gave us was on uh, consumer perception versus reaction, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, if you ask the consumers like what publications they read, you know, there was kind of like a a step up in what they what they assess themselves as through survey data. So, oh, I'm an economist reader, or I read the Wall Street Journal, or I read <laughs> the New York Times, and then you put in front of them different content. What were they clicking on? The Images and People magazine. Right, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, Exactly. So I agree. Surveys are not necessarily the best indicator of what consumers will do. Um, online, we've got some pretty good technology across the board that can indicate like, hey, this is what consumers are are responding to. And, you know, mm -hmm. let's take this and double down on that, mm -hmm. uh, on that, per that performance. Now, one of the things also, and we're going to move to the to the third item is, mm -hmm. is a lot of the uncertainty regarding COVID, right? There's, right. there's, we're open this week. Now we're not open this week because of a rise in cases or a change in the government policy or something like that. Right. Um, one of the things you talk about is, you know, re retailers should anticipate possibly having to close again. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think Illinois just, uh, just closed its restaurants yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, mm -hmm. They just uh, rolled back some of the openings uh, in that state. So we do anticipate that there will be um, some more restrictions as we, as we move forward, into, especially into the fall, right? Mm -hmm. um, as a result, I think it's really important that we uh, invest in that online uh, interaction, especially like delivery. If you, if you haven't looked at it, if you don't have an online presence, I would definitely encourage you to get that online presence and figure out a way that you can deliver mm -hmm. your products to the consumers. Because, you know, if, if for some reason a retail shop is uh, down or required to close mm -hmm. uh, through political mandates, you know, we still have to find a way to, to, to keep ourselves in business. Yeah, that's one of the things I think that um, just from what I've been reading and experiencing, the, the consumers actually have become far more flexible and patient with retail businesses that have had to make accommodations, right? Whether, for, they, sure. for example, a restaurant may have to move some of its seating outside, which may right. not be great, but hey, I want to support my local business, so I'm going to do that yep. kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, that's actually quite prevalent. In fact, uh, one of the most successful clients we have in, uh, in our business is a client that's in the restaurant space that did this pivot to delivery pretty early. And uh, they also took a really good humoristic approach to things. So they invested in the marketing, they moved uh, tables outside, and then they did things like, hey, we're gonna have this new drink called the Quarantini. Mm -hmm. And uh, any order over $50 gets you a free roll of toilet paper uh, or hand sanitizer, right? right. Like they, they jumped in with both feet and said, we're going to make the best of it. And uh, the numbers speak for themselves. They've done, they've done much better than their com uh, competitive set during this crisis. Yeah, unfortunately, that's been a, that sounds like that, that case is an anomaly, unfortunately, at least as it relates to the restaurant industry. I mean, that's that, you know, they're, unfortunately not been considered essential in a lot of areas. Right. So that's, that's good to hear that, you know, there are some, some positive news coming out of that segment of the industry. You know, uh, in, in, in our space, the photo imaging space, mo a lot of the right. businesses were considered essential because they did some business printing, right? So, so mm. they were considered essential. So they didn't have to deal with that, but they actually, you know, you know, that, that, that kept the doors 
open and the lights on for a while, but you know, the consumer traffic, the bread and butter was impacted. And, and I think a lot of that uncertainty with whether people are going to be open or closed or, or it's going to affect consumer shopping. So do you have any recommendations for communication and marketing methods to, to communicate with customers about the possibility, Hey, you know, we might be shut down for a period under no fault of our own, or, or we have had a COVID, you know, we've had a staff come, staff come down with COVID. So we've got to shut down for a week or two. That's right. Yeah. I think, I think one of the, uh, one of the mistakes that most of us who have offline businesses make is assuming that our customers know that we're open or we're not right. uh, proactively. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'll just speak from kind of my own personal experience. Sure. Uh, my assumption is that the, the, the shopping mall that's a mile and a half away from where I live, uh, that most of those businesses are closed or hampered or, you know, restricted in some way. And the truth of the matter is they're not, uh, <laughs> be, but I haven't driven by that play that mall in, you know, a month. So uh, how, how would I know if I'm not going by it? Well, it's really important to get that message out, uh, mm. especially, you know, changes in hours, changes in protocols. Like you want to do curbside pickup, you got to let them know because that, that's a huge selling point in this environment, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, email your customers if you have them. If you mm. don't have them, you know, don't have an email database, like happy to, to talk with you about how you can generate one. But getting the message out through email, through your social posts, and through advertising has proven to be essential during this time frame. What I think is interesting is the varied response to COVID from different businesses in the same segment. Like you said, you, you could have a similar experience pre-COVID with, let's say, a fast food restaurant, right? Right. Um, you know, whereas nowadays you can drive down a well-traveled street and in some cases, a certain chain may provide you a contactless experience where they hand you your food in a bin for some reason, right? They, you know, and then another one, but another one may not have their, uh, their uh, dining room open, whereas that's others right. will have, they hand you the stuff like normal and their dining rooms are open. So I think that's, that's right. sort of what, like you said, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And usually, unfortunately, when it comes to consumers, when there's uncertainty, a lot of consumers don't take time to investigate, which is why it's important for them, for retailers to, cons to communicate more often. I, th I think you said it really well. Like, who should bear the burden of knowing that you're open and ready for business? The consumer or you? Right. <laughs> right? right. And if you, if you put it on the consumer, they're probably not going to get the message, right? right? If you put it on yourself and say, I got to make sure I get the message out there, you're going to have much more success. So speaking of success, um, where can people learn more about ZenReach and your products and services? Sure. Uh, the, the company is ZenReach, Z-E-N-R-E-A-C-H.com. Mm -hmm. You can go to the website there, uh, click contact us, or you can just send a note to me or the sales team at sales at ZenReach or J mm -hmm. Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y at ZenReach. And I'm happy to to, to take any of your, your inquiries. So what size retailers do you work with? Uh, All sorts, uh, from the single location mom and pops to the large uh, chains. We've got um, almost 10,000 locations that we work with across the country. Well, that's great. 
Well, thank you, John, for taking time to speak with me today, and I hope you have a great holiday season. Wonderful. Thanks for having me, and I uh, uh, hope you have a great holiday as well. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.